Hi, and welcome to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. Today is the podcast's first episode, which is a chat with harpist composer Kim Robertson and is a collaboration with the Somerset Folk Harp Festival. Today's show is part of a series of interviews focusing on the musicians and artisans involved with the Somerset Folk Harp Festival, which takes place every July in Parsippany, New Jersey. The festival has just added an online platform. So here's a quote from the festival's website. No matter where you are in the world or what your playing level, there's something for everyone on our new online platform, Somerset Online. We're going to stay connected this summer with our new online festival portal. We have plenty of music genre workshops from blues to Scandinavian music on all kinds of harps from single row harps, double strung harps, cross strung harps, historic harps, small harps. So this week's segment will include an interview with Kim, a preview of her workshops at Somerset, and a sample of her amazing harp playing. Thank you for joining us this week. I am your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Kim Robertson is a world-renowned harpist, composer, and is known for her wit, her versatility, and virtuosity. I've had the great fortune of working with Kim for the past 10 years at the Somerset Folk Harp Festival as the concert manager. And I've always admired Kim's ability to move from classical to folk music to contemporary music so effortlessly. Here's Kim's bio taken from the Somerset website. As one of the pioneers of American folk harp, Kim Robertson's style and approach on the instrument is uniquely personal and original. Trained classically on piano and orchestral harp, she brings a contemporary touch to both her original compositions and her arrangements of Celtic music. Her skill and stage presence as a performer has brought her a loyal following, and she is an experienced and sensitive teacher as well. She has many CDs, among them Highland Heart, Shady Grove, and Shall We Gather, as well as numerous volumes of harp arrangements and several instructional videos. Though she makes her home in Wisconsin, she spends a good deal of the year touring, both as a solo artist and with other performers. Kim has presented and performed at nearly every Somerset festival, and with good reason. She's got a clear style and can get everybody seemingly effortlessly working together and learning with humor and grace. No matter what the topic, her workshops are packed. Kim received the Somerset Lifetime Achievement Award in 2019. So welcome, Kim. Hi, Marie. It's so great to see you. <laughs> so, um, so Kim, I think everyone would love to hear about your history with the Somerset Folk Harp Festival. Oh, gosh. I think the first one I went to, I, I don't remember the year, so uh, I was young. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been going almost every year since, and, and it started out not quite so large. It was Jerry Serviente was running it then, and, and every year it got bigger and bigger, and, um, and I feel like my career kind of evolved with the festival because I got to know everybody, and um, well, it became a, a scene. I was pretty excited. At first, it was just a job, and then it turned to a family reunion. You know, every year I go, it's, it's like 
see an old friends that you'd ever see except once a year. And also it's, it's also a, a trade show with the, all the vendors come and it's a chance for me to network with all these, all these people who sell my products. So it's kind of a very important festival for, for many of us, I think, for a couple of different reasons, but mostly because it's fun. And thank you again for, for being the first interviewee on the podcast. So um, <laughs> I, I was just so thrilled that you, you know, that you're so excited about being here. So <laughs> I was willing to talk somebody's ear off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. Um, so I actually wanted to ask you, what really inspired you to start playing the harp? I, I have to say my inspiration didn't come till after I discovered the Celtic harp. I started on classical harp and um, it was just a, a side instrument for me as a pianist first. And um, somebody from my high school graduated who was playing the pedal harp and so they asked for volunteers. So I decided why not? And I had to tell my parents about that I now need harp lessons. <laughs> and, uh, so for several years, I just played the pedal harp and, and uh and it was fun, but I didn't, I never really loved it. I liked piano more, but then I discovered the Celtic harp and that's when my life changed. Mm. So I have to say what inspired me to play the Celtic harp was the music. When I first heard my first, I think it was Alan Stavella, the harp player from Brittany. In those days, it was LPs, not, not uh, CDs or, or free online. And uh, I heard this, this album and it just, it was just bewitching and I fell in love with it. So that's the kind of music I want to play. Not, the Nutcracker from <laughs> the, the cadenza from Nutcracker for the next 20 years of my career. So that was a turning point for me. And uh, my pedal harp teacher was luckily very, very enlightened. And she gave me a folk harp journal, a just brand new publication. And, uh, and she had a little harp that she even loaned me. So thanks to her, a whole new world opened up to me. So. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you find um, a, difference in the playing style like do you like the technique on the Celtic harp better than um yes it's easier <laughs> <laughs> yes it's easier and it's easier to carry and it's easier to play and it's it's one it's the sound that I like better mm. I like the bell-like sound the pedal harp is strung more with heavier gauge strings because it's supposed to cut through the entire orchestra there's only one or two harps in an orchestra so it's a different it's a different machine and not I don't know. They're just some something about the Celtic harp I just respond to. So there you go. I, I know because um, I, I was trained on piano, like classical piano. And so mm-hmm. going from uh, my first harp teacher was a classical harp teacher. And I'm like, oh, not this again. Like you have to sit a certain <laughs> way. And there's like a million things you have to do before you can even touch the instrument. And then when I met Kathy and I sat down and I could just start playing like right away and learning by ear yeah. was huge for me to like really get into that so well it's about the music it's not about the technique and I think that's the dividing line there's nothing wrong with classical music but you have to be a really disciplined person to do it whereas Celtic harp you don't have to be folk harp you can you can be really lazy like me (laughs) (laughs) you're the last person I would think of as being lazy on your instrument (laughs) oh did I just say that out loud (laughs) sorry (laughs) I mean, I can be more relaxed about my career. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's less stressful. That's a, a, another good reason. It's way less stressful. Mm. If you make a mistake, you don't, you know, lose your lose your grade for the semester <laughs> or, or lose your job at the orchestra. <laughs> so that's true. Maybe you can get your pay docked at the next Somerset Festival. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> As an arranger and composer... 
because you have your you know compositions are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, what do you find as your inspiration for for your pieces? Well, I, I first pick melodies I love because that was my problem with the classical harp. They the things we had to learn weren't necessarily beautiful. A lot of the orchestral parts weren't very melodic. They were just lots of chords and lots of arpeggios and that sort of thing. So. The thing I love about Celtic music is the melodies are so stunning. Mm. Um, so for me, it has to be beautiful melody. And then I try to put a twist on it so that it's not, so it doesn't sound like everybody else. Um, and and I, as far as my arrangements, I want it to be easy. <laughs> I want it to fall easily on my hands, and but I want it to sound interesting and beautiful. So so it sounds like quite a, quite a formula, but it's actually not that hard. You just, through the years, I've developed certain things that, I don't know, it's a certain chord voicing, certain chord patterns. Um, and and the funny thing is I never play the pieces the same, same way through the year. So a piece I might've played when I first started the, the Irish harp in 19, whatever it was, 74 or something. Uh, now I still play it, but differently. You know, the, So the pieces evolve, the music evolves with me as well, which is, I think the beauty of folk music. It's it's not static, you know, it, it changes with every generation of. Of musicians and every generation of harp players it's exciting that way no oh, it's beautiful yeah it just reminds me of when when I was studying in Ireland and they would like a lot of the composers would say that they were inspired by um by the landscape um and by the people around them and then that the tradition is such a living tradition so mm-hmm. you know um it it's you know the songs and tunes in in Ireland are so much different now than they were a couple hundred yeah. years ago, but yeah, it's not the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But the, yeah. And it, it's not a bad thing when some people are really purists and, and a lot of people, to be honest, um, don't like my playing and that's a good thing, isn't it? That means that I'm doing something unique. If, if we all played the same way, it would be boring old world. And, uh, and I'm, I've never tr- claimed to be a, a purist or, or a, a strictly pr- traditional, I'm a contemporary mus- musician playing a traditional instrument. Again, that's the way I see myself. Mm. Just what you bring to it, that whole classical, your background, but bringing that to the whole folk side just makes it more, so much more dynamic. Um, oh, thanks. That makes, that makes you feel good because sometimes I feel like having classical technique is a handicap, although I've lost a lot of my technique. But on the other hand, you have to bring, you have to bring your full person to an instrument. You can't, you can't just say, I'm this now. And, and, and I really appreciate all the training I had on pedal harp because, well, it gave me more a left and right hand coordination and um, more rhythmic acuity and all that stuff. But, uh, but I still can't do those awesome Irish ornaments and Scottish <laughs> ornaments that the trad players use because it just doesn't work on my hands because I train a different way. So I like to say muscle bound. <laughs> so so you, you, you gain some and you lose some from your, from your background, but it's part of who we are, right? Right, right. But that's what makes it so unique. And, you know, that's what makes live music and you know, so special. You can't apologize for who you are. And that's, no. I think that's a danger of danger. A lot of people, they, they don't feel like they're enough when they come to an instrument. I'm not good enough. And if you just really do it because you love it, that's a good enough reason, period. Have you ever wanted to learn how to play the harp or find out more about the instrument? Well, this year marks the 20th anniversary of the Somerset Folk Harp Festival. The festival will take place online, so no matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to take workshops and listen to the concerts, meet the harp makers, and find out more about the harpists from around the world. Celtic, jazz, classical, electric harp, Paraguayan harp, and more. So check out the festival at Somerset Harp. 
summersetfest.com. That's Somerset, S-O-M-E-R-S-E-T. Hope to see you there. And we're back. So, Kim, I really want to talk to you about teaching beginner harp students. So when you're dealing with beginners, I mean, how, how do you encourage beginners um, to play, you know, so they're not, so they don't have that kind of fear? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a pretty long process because <laughs> so, some of them have some major, major inhibitions, but I, I teach a group now, a group of uh, adult beginners, and, and uh, it took me two years to get this one person to, to actually perform at the recital with us, and we play together in a group, and uh, just come, just sit in the chair. <laughs> you don't have to play. <laughs> just sit there. I'll put you way in the back row. Nobody will know. You can rest your hands on the strings. And, <laughs> and she finally came. Took two years, and uh, and now she comes all the time. She likes it, and of course she's still nervous. But we're all nervous. I mean, performing is nerve wracking, no matter how long you've been playing. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you care. That's why you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time you perform, you jump off a cliff, so to speak. Cause it's it's here and now and it's exciting so that's that's the thing and I think in a group there's a lot more forgiveness you don't feel quite the pressure on you and oh and definitely. That's, that's the fun of it too so so that's the thing with beginner and feel like a group environment is really healthy and that's maybe why a festival like Somerset is so so nurturing for people because there's no judgment nobody ever looks down and knows if somebody can't keep up or can't play as well uh, it's just the opposite, actually. I was reading an article in the Folk Harp Journal, and they were talking about when you're going to workshops. Maybe it was a, it might have been the article that Sunita had written. All right. Um, yeah. But you go to workshops, and you think you're going to learn like a million different things, and you might just walk away with one thing. Um, yeah, because we tend to be a little greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know you might keep going to workshops, and then all of a sudden it'll just like aha, you know, and and that it'll just kind of pop into your head like. Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> and it's funny as a teacher, I think when I first started out, I, I tried to I tried to give too much because I the, the students, I mean, because I wanted them to get their money's worth, <laughs> you know. And I talked fast anyway, so I was I was just laying it on, and and, uh, and I had this dream that I was I was I still had twenty minutes left at the workshop, and people started to pack up. I go, wait, wait, I've got all these other important <laughs> things to tell you. And what and this really sweet woman turned to me and goes, it's enough, Kim. That's enough. <laughs> interesting I had to really think about it for a while am I cramming too much down their throats so now I've kind of cut back and I mean this is you know years ago so I'm not quite so relentless in what I teach you if, if they learn one song at the workshop one thing they you know like you say one thing that's enough sometimes yeah yeah and like you said it's the whole camaraderie and just being around exactly. other harpists and being inspired that's the you know yeah. important thing which is the one thing I really missed in, in classical music because I play piano and harp. They're both solo instruments. Mm. And I spent pretty much, you know, six hours of the day locked in a practice room. And only when we're performing were you with other people. And even then, there wasn't time to chat because we're, you know, we're working. And, and that's what, <clears throat> to me, that was the big divide. That I, I, I think, anyway, that folk harp is a team sport. It's mm. not necessarily a solo instrument. Even if we perform solo, it's something that we do as a group, you know, as a group consciousness or a group community. And that's rare, don't you think? I don't oh, even know if yeah. guitar players have that kind of camaraderie or any other instruments. No, I mean, I maybe, but 
yeah, if you run into someone and say you play harp and they play harp, it's like, woohoo. Yes. <laughs> so yes. like, that's yeah. great. Yeah. There's not, yeah, there's yeah. not that kind of competitiveness or, you yeah, know. Or, or there's more interest too. There, yeah, there is. And even if we don't know the people, what kind of harp is it? <laughs> like in our whole nerdy harp, harp club. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. Uh, do you have a favorite tune that you like teaching to your beginner harp students? Well, I teach at the Irish Fest School of Music, so uh, so I kind of feel like I feel like part of my job is to to teach classics, and and so I usually start with Brian Baru's March, which I think is the universal beginner beginner's harp tune, and uh, it's easy to learn and it's fun to play as a group. And mm-hmm. I think that one's important. And uh, other than that, I let my harp uh, my harp students tell me what they like, and uh, um, you know I try to have one O'Carolyn tune and one uh, we do some familiar ones too. Um, one they really loved was uh, the Skyboat song in Scottish, but I still teach it at the Irish School. <laughs> and, uh, and really, you know, it's all pan-Celtic, isn't it? It doesn't matter mm. Scottish or Irish or Welsh or, uh, or they like to all through the night as well. So it's beautiful melodies on harp. And smart. we're just finally learning a jig. And so it takes time, but uh, uh, it depends on. So that's the Irish group. And for the adults, I mean, the private students have uh, whatever they want, you know. I'm working on uh, some hymns with one person. I had a student who came uh, She's not really a beginner, but had never taken formerly. And she only wanted to work on Indian mantras, which was awesome. I really yeah. enjoyed that. So I made her send what she wanted to work on. She was a Skype student at first, and then she started coming all the way from Utah to study with me. Wow. And I know she, now she's back in India, but uh, it was fun because it, it took me out of my, my box, too. And uh, so she would send the mantra early, and then we, you know, I'd teach her how to arrange it. And she was excited by it correlation between uh, Indian, ancient Indian music and, and medieval monks who mm. were traveling through India at that time. So it's like a whole, I don't know, the, I mean, the folk harp is so much more than Irish music. And I think that's exciting too. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Is, is that how, I mean, um, I know you got in, you were involved with um, the meditation CDs. Yes. The, the Crimson series. Yes, I was. Yeah. There was a, a singer, um, Sinkar, who's unfortunately now deceased. But um, the, the record label, I was I was already working for the record label, and they asked me to accompany her. And uh, it was uh, back in the days when we were still using tape. It wasn't all the new digital, digital stuff. It was it's actual, you know, one of those tapes that goes around. Right, right, right. So, so if you're gonna if you've made a mistake, it was very expensive. So you have to cut and splice, and the, you know, it's a thick tape, and it was really it was a really a big deal. So we did like these huge segments. It was a I think it was a 40 minute mantra of repeated on a loop. So we had to go like 20 minutes in a row playing it. Oh, wow. And so yeah, we, it was just sat in the room. She, we, she sang her tracks after I put my tracks down, but it was still, we were there together doing this. And it's kind of a spiritual experience. It wasn't my particular religion. They were into this yoga um, and they just hired me as a, as a ringer to do it. But uh, I ended up getting really known through those those recordings to this whole new community, um, including people teaching yoga, um, massage therapists, and uh, and some people tell me they always play my those particular meditation tapes at the uh, at chiropractic clinics now too. Oh. So, so in other words, it's relaxing and, and uplifting. And apparently these these prayers, these mantras they were using had ancient healing powers. And, mm. you know, can't hurt, right? Yeah, I mean, we all could use more of that today. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, unfortunately, she passed away, so we never got to do any more. But, uh, oh. but uh, excuse me, so I was in, on a tour in Quebec one time, and I was the warm up for a Quebec artist. And uh, 
somebody took me aside and said, you know, we know you through these, these Crimson series tapes. And now, uh, is there anything you can do from that? And I, I'm not really, I don't have an angelic voice like she did, but I, I, I did a segment of one. And I started playing just the intro to the piece and people started clapping like I was playing some hit piece. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was astonishing. Yeah, that's how they knew me. And that's how they recognized. It was crazy. I never had that happen before. Nobody ever went wild when I started oh, Carolyn's Concerto. <laughs> So that was, you know, a funny part of my career, but, but I, you know, I'm grateful for it. And uh, recently a student said to me, do you know that your, your, your CDs in, in uh, CD Babe and Amazon, they're in the new age category. She was mad. So it should be Catholic. No, I'm really fine being in the new age category because then I get played on the spa radios and the Pandora, the relaxation and all the, all the, you know, it's a wider field than just Celtic. So mm. I'm grateful that I have that new age you know, I don't think we use the word now so much, do we? But I'm grateful I had that because it opened me up to a new audience. I mean, it's all music, right? The beauty is universal, isn't it? Absolutely is. Yeah. 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 So Kim's going to tell us a little bit about one of her workshops she's going to present at Somerset this year. Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Robertson, and I'll be teaching a class on contemporary Carolyn, the great Irish composer Turlock O'Carolyn, and how to create more modern arrangements of his, of his tunes. Um, he apparently in his time was considered a little modern. He didn't always keep to the old style of the harp players and some people didn't like his music. And I thought this is kind of cool. It made me think if he was alive now, I bet he'd do all kinds of strange things with his tunes. So that's my goal in this class, show you how to, how to make it sound a little more modern, a little more edgy, put in introductions to endings, even improvise in the middle of it and this kind of thing. One of my favorites of his that that's a beautiful slow air called Catherine Martin. Really simple melody. I put in this kind of dissonant motif under and I use it as a pattern throughout. So I'll play it for now. did you end up playing harp on the TV show 90210? That was the original series, keep in mind. It was random. The, the screenwriter, excuse me, the, the script writer that from that episode happened to love Irish music. He has a, he had a castle in Ireland that he used a vacation home. And it was his episode called uh, something about angels. I can't remember. Heaven sent, I think that was it or something. And it was, it featured a, a author who wrote a book about angels. And so he, he proposed to me, he, he loved my music and he proposed me to the, to the 
director. So they called my record company, the record company called me and I went, are you kidding me? And then I called my niece and said, what's Beverly Hills 90210? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't watch TV, you know? So she told me it was this show, like sounded like a teenage soap opera. And then I said, well, should I do it? She goes, that would be so cool, Auntie Kim, you should do it. So I did it. And uh, it was quite an experience and never done anything like that since it was an off off uh, off site shoot mm-hmm. we had to wait for the moon to be full and go oh, up this wow. hill and and i rode up the bus with all the actors and it was it was quite an experience and it took like like something like six hours of film film one 10 minutes scene wow <laughs> came out great though i mean it's uh, other than them talking to your set but. Yeah, but they did. Uh, yeah, right. I was, I was, uh, I was playing a concert on the stage and with a, with a cellist and viola player, and then they were conversing, which is really bad manners, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no concert. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing was uh, they timed it so at the glissando, the, the couple kissed the couple who was not supposed to be a couple, and so and they kissed at the at the at the, at the glissando. So that's fun. And then um, I asked. I of course never watch the show except for my episode and so I called my niece um a few months later said whatever happened with, with whatever their actors names were are they still a couple oh no no what's his name Brandon whatever got uh, Carson got amnesia and they forgot all the remember so that's exciting it's once in a while I still get a royalty check from Lithuania oh. so they're still airing around the world so Neat. yeah it, was, it wasn't ever big money because um they didn't pay me to do it. It was just a, but they used one of my compositions. So that was, that was good. So, yeah. So that was one of the, I think it's amusing. So I, I still included in my bio. Yeah. What, what was the name of the composition that you, that they used for the show? Oh, they used, uh, they used Dance of the Lambs, which is a piece I actually wrote after being in Scotland. So yeah, we, we pitched an original one to them. So that, that worked out really well. Uh, so Kim, do you have any inspiration for the harpists that are taking your classes this year well I would say for all harp players it's important to play pieces you love and 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 to choose the kind of music that you love and don't feel just because you play the Celtic harp you have to play Celtic music um now if you take my classes I guess my suggestion would be not to expect too much of yourself just enjoy and and don't be afraid to send in any stupid questions you have because we're that's what we're here for if we're together it would be that way and if it's online the same as, as the same offer is there so and then lastly i'd just say stay inspired you chose the heart for a good reason because you found it beautiful and inspiring so make sure that's part of your goal for the rest of your career on harp whatever you decide to do with it if you stop feeling inspired then something needs to change either your music you're playing or your teacher needs to change or you need a haircut or something <laughs> whatever it is just enjoy it oh thank you so much and i look forward to seeing you online and hopefully we'll see you in person um be great. and all the, all the best so thanks Kim. bye you'll find links in the show notes to kim's website and where you can purchase her music as well as links to the somerset folk harp festival Please check out my website, moonoverthetrees.com, for more information on artists, upcoming interviews, and inspiration for your own musical learning journey.